0: Great to see our our faithful New Hope crowd, right? Our family, our congregation, hallelujah. So it's great to see everybody back again. And we're going to dive right in to Scripture. And uh, I'm going to be uh, speaking out of Hebrews today. But uh, as a way of introduction, I'm going to actually go somewhere else. So I always love uh, that that scene where Jesus is on the road to Emmaus, right? The disciples are walking, and Jesus comes back, right? He's, he's risen from the dead, and he appears. Then he comes to them, and they don't know who he is. But as they're walking along, Jesus is talking, and this uh, is in Luke 24. Uh, and Jesus says, "'How foolish you are, and how slow to believe.'" all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. Just what a, what a beautiful image of the disciples are walking and they're talking about all these events and this guy comes up and he starts walking with them and talking with them and it's God. It's Jesus risen from the dead and Jesus is teaching about all these amazing prophets and events and testify that all testify about Him. Can you can you imagine that? You know, you, you maybe you had a great teacher in school, and you, you think about that person from time to time. How awesome would it be to be walking and Jesus pops in. Let me tell you about Moses. The insight, right? Maybe there's more that we would hear from Jesus, but. He starts with Moses, and, and I want to say to you as, as I read from Hebrews today that, you know, Moses had a, had a pretty significant place in our faith, in our history, right? He's certainly not the Messiah. He's, he's not God, right? Jesus is, is alone in that, in that regard. He is the creator God. But Moses was a man of faith, and Moses went through some incredible trials and had some incredible victories because of his faith in God. And so that's where we're going to be today. We're going to be in Hebrews. And in this um, pericope of thought, in this section of scripture, Hebrews is talking about Moses and his faith. All right, so there's something here that the writer of the Hebrews, the person who wrote that book, and we don't really know exactly who it is, but whoever wrote that book was trying to tell this probably predominantly Jewish audience something about faith and about where Christ sits in this whole uh, faith process and and I'll sum it up real quick there's a superiority of Christ all the customs all the feasts all of those traditions fall so far it's only Jesus Christ (laughs) that's where we put our faith that's where we put our trust and in that that first chapter There may be some maybe something was going on at that time where angels suddenly were getting this elevated status, and writer of the Hebrews comes right out and says, Nope, superiority of Christ. So I want to say to you, right, and this message is choose faith over fear. Well, that faith is in Jesus. It's not a faith in a system, it's not a faith in an empty religion, it's not a faith in some other person, it's a faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ. Not faith in my own intellect. Not faith in some secret knowledge that someone gave to me. Faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's begin. Uh, so I'm in Hebrews. Uh, if you have your Bible you want to read, I'm going to read it for you. This is the, the ESV that I'm reading out of. It's Hebrews 11 23 through 29. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden. I think many of us would admit that some, some points in life, and maybe all too often, we put a lot of fear in what other people think. Right? We're more concerned about what other people think than sometimes what God thinks. Right? And it's just how we perceived. right? Why do we even spend all that effort? Right? We're more concerned about other people. That, uh, well, I'm concerned about the way that I look to them and how I sound to them and all this. And... and God gave us the emotion of fear and it's legit emotion. He gave it to us for a reason. But scripture is pretty clear. We're really not supposed to be going around worrying about what other people think. Fearing other men. Right? So I'm going to read to you what Matthew says uh, in Matthew 10, 20 to 33. And do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body. And hell are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs on your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, you are more valuable than many sparrows. So everyone who acknowledges me before men, I also will acknowledge before my father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I also will deny before my father who is in heaven. Right here. Right This faith, right, it begins to cause, right Believers to act in a way that show that God, through Jesus Christ, is reversing something, sending something in the opposite direction. the fall. right? What happened after God created man? Adam and Eve, they fell, and sin entered into the world. And in Jesus Christ, you begin to see this reversal this change, right? Because we're no longer dead in our sins, but we will find life in Jesus Christ. And this faith that is in Jesus helps us to be bold, right? In these situations that we face when others may cower and fall apart and to realize that we really don't have to fear men we need to fear God and not afraid of God this reverent fear recognizing that the one who created all the world and everything in it is the same one who gave you life and is the same one if you've placed your faith in him gives you eternal life that's the one we need to be concerned about not all these other people and faith really would say it's the opposite of fear right if you find yourself afraid of another person, and I know I mentioned a few weeks ago about, you know uh, maybe someone was in school and they felt bullied after, and we're just about at the beginning of another school year here, and maybe some of you are having trepidation going back to school or a new school, or maybe going to college for the first time, and you're afraid uh, Jesus said, "Don't be afraid. I'm with you. You're going to be all right. You're going to be OK. You're going to be all right. We need to live with a confident, fe- uh, a confident uh, faith in Jesus. Right? Of substance. Not a passing, eh, yeah, I go to church on Sunday and I, I believe it. Nah! Faith. That if God's with me, who can be against me? Amen? Amen? Whatever the situation is you're fearing, illness of a child, loss of a job, loss of a spouse, children, whatever it is that you're facing, or something smaller, I don't know, just a new challenge. If God is for us, who can be against us? So here, not only in Moses, but his own parents. Here we read by faith God's people refused to conform. Right, that was the first part of that that first uh, section of scripture I read to you, eleven twenty three to twenty five. By faith Moses when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw the child was beautiful. They were not afraid of the king's edict, right? So that Moses' parents, they refused this evil order of the Pharaoh. And what's the evil order? Then the Pharaoh commanded his people, every son that is born to the Hebrews, you shall cast into the Nile, but you shall let every daughter, every daughter live. How awful, right? This evil king, the Pharaoh of Egypt, commands that all these Hebrews, all these Hebrew boys be thrown in. And here's little baby Moses. So, what do his parents do? Yeah, we have faith in God. We're not following that order. Now, a man from the house of Levi went and took his wife, a Levite woman. The woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him three months. When she could not hide him no longer, she took for him a basket made of bulrushes and dabbed it with bitumen and pitch. And she put the child in it and placed it among the reeds uh, by the bank by the river bank. Right? Moses' parents, because of their faith, they're they're not going to let their child be killed. Right? They were people of faith. By faith, they trusted God. They trusted the unseen. And that's a message for us today, right? To trust the God. We don't see Him walking around. Oh, brothers and sisters, but I tell you, you place your faith in the unseen God in Jesus Christ as Moses' parents place their faith right the Bible teaches us to obey God rather than man now I'm not telling you to go out and start breaking every law oh well Pastor Monty said I'm going to go drive 95 miles an hour he said we better obey God rather than man <laughs> alright let's not start there but but you know what But there are people in our history who left countries that they were oppressed religiously and they could not worship the God of heaven and earth freely. And what did they do? Well, they actually came to America, right? And I know the Puritan faith, a lot lot different than than ours in a lot of respects, but there was still Jesus Christ. And they do not want to be oppressed, and so they came here. So there are times when we need to obey God rather than man. In this case, Moses' parents, they didn't obey that Pharaoh. And they wanted their child to live. Hallelujah. 1 Peter 2, 13-15. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme, or to governors uh, as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. All right? When obeying man is not doing good and not being faithful to God, then we just need to follow God and forget about this, these evil ways. Okay? Acts 5.29, But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. Right? That's it. Spoken flat out. We must seek to obey God. Moses refused his place of honor, Hebrews eleven twenty four 24 to 25. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. What is, it, what is Moses refusing? Moses had it pretty good, right? So you know the story. So Moses grows up. He's in Pharaoh's household, right? Moses, he's a prince, He's got everything laid out for him. But he's a Hebrew. But he's got everything laid out for him. He's in Pharaoh's household. I'm good. I don't need to worry about, I'm in Pharaoh's household. I'm going to be okay. Mm. Well, that's going to come to a head. And ultimately, Moses rejected this ungodly lifestyle because he could have stayed there in Egypt. It's not what happens. You know what happens? The taskmaster strikes him down, dies. Moses takes off into the wilderness. Moses fled. But, But Moses knew he wasn't an Egyptian. He really didn't belong there. Where he belonged was with his people, as a Hebrew, worshiping the true living God. And so Moses takes off. And by faith, we see that really it's out in the wilderness that Moses finds the true riches. Because it's out in the wilderness that he has that encounter with the the burning bush, right? I am who I am. That's when Moses Meets the living God face to face. And everything's changed for Moses. Yeah, he left Egypt. Yeah, he left it all. Took off. Now, suddenly, his whole direction has changed. And it's in, that, it's in that wilderness setting where suddenly the riches of Egypt, they pale in comparison. That status, that lifestyle, pale in comparison. But faith in the living God. So by faith Moses saw Christ. This is eleven twenty six 26 to 27 Hebrews. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. Right? told you about that invisible God. Right? The Lord, you don't see Jesus walking around in here. But this is the same God that Moses is putting his faith in. This unseen God. You would think that no one in their right mind would choose suffering over pleasure, right? Like, that's just not a normal thing, right? But ultimately, Why would Moses do this? Why would he give up all of that? And it is this, that Moses was given sight when he met God. He was given sight. No, I'm not saying that Moses was physically blind, but I'm saying he was given spiritual eyes to see. And I say to you in this room today, do you have those spiritual eyes to see? You know, sometimes... Life has a way of numbing us. And sometimes life has a way of kind of choking things out of us. Even as a believer that can happen. And maybe your eyes have become dull. Maybe you believe in God, but the life circumstances have just kind of taken your eyes off of God and put them elsewhere in problems. Challenges in relationships, failures, things that have disappointed you, and you're numb. And what I say is that Jesus Christ can give you eyes to see again. A new way of looking. A new way of looking at your life and realizing that the God of heaven and earth is watching you And has had his hand on you since you were born and before then. And he's not going to let you fall. He's not going to let you be destroyed. But he wants us to look back to him. And to cast our faith and our eyes on him. Colossians 3, 1 through 4. If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God, set your mind... On things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ who is your life appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. God gave Moses the faith to see the invisible Christ. Right? That's what we're talking about. This faith. He, God gave that to Moses. Abraham did the same thing. He saw the God who was invisible. Abraham was worshiping another God. The moon God. He was a pagan. But that's the one that God chose. Maybe you're in this room today and you say, I'm not worthy. My life is just in shambles. I, I, I like, barely walk into church. My sin is just too much. I, I feel like I'm going to get struck by lightning. It actually happened. I have to say, not, that, not that it happened, but sometimes I'll be at work and guys say, oh, if I want to go to church, I'll be struck by lightning. Well, no. You come in. All right? It's going to be okay. All right? Just don't hold anything metal. No, I'm just kidding. But but walk in, and it's going to be all right. Okay? Our God is not the cosmic killer. No, but he's the eternal rescuer. And brothers and sisters, I I say that over and over again. We need to be rescued. Look, you you may have already placed your faith in Jesus Christ, and you're a believer. But you're wallowing, you're making bad choices, and sin's finding its way back into your life, and you're just kind of like in a swamp, and you need to be pulled out. You need to be pulled out. You do. Even the rescued sometimes need to be rescued later. Amen. Rescuing isn't a one-shot deal. Okay? It's not a one-time thing, and then everything's going to be... No. No. Last time I checked, Jesus Christ is the only one in Scripture who never sinned. That means that every great prophet, including Moses and all the others, all sinned. These are great men, right? Elijah runs right away. I mean, oh, we just read it over and over in, in Scripture. Just Moses shh, strikes the rock. So, yeah, we all need rescuing. Sometimes, several times. Hallelujah. Hebrews 12, uh, 13, 12 to 13. So Jesus also suffered outside the gate in order to sanctify the people through his own blood. Therefore, let us go to him outside the camp and bear the reproach he endured. All right, I'm going to say this to you. Here's the flow of logic. Get it this way, okay? Christ suffered outside the walls of Jerusalem, right? You know what I'm talking about, okay? He suffers, and where does he end up? Ultimately. right On the cross, okay. It's better to go out there and to be with Jesus and stay than to stay inside the walled city. You're like, huh? Yes, oh yes. It would be better to go out there. It'd be better to go out with Jesus outside the walls of the city and bear suffering than to stay inside where it's safe. You know what I'm talking about. The way that you live, the choices you make. I, I'm safe in my little castle. I'm okay in here. I don't need to be... Jesus didn't... No, no, I, I don't need that. I'm safe. I don't Walk outside the city? Like, actually share my faith with someone? Or, wait a minute. Pray with someone else who's going through a tough time? Wait a minute. Expose myself? Like, actually say to someone else, yeah, I've gone through these difficult times too. Let me share them with you. What? That's exposure. That's not safe. That's walking outside the city. But brothers and sisters, if Jesus didn't walk outside the city and face that suffering, you and I wouldn't be saved. And there would be no eternity with Jesus Christ. So Jesus took the tough road. And he's saying we've got to take the tough road too. And I'm not saying you need to be nailed to a cross. That's not what I'm talking about but to die to yourself. Right? All the selfishness and my way is first. Yeah. You start looking at that stuff, that selfishness that's in here and it, and it, and it grows. And how many of you, when you first got married, you realized how selfish you were? And then when you have children, you really realize how selfish you still were. Right? And that kind of happens. Like You, you, you see it and you're like, oh, everyone else is, my, my, my wife should come first, my children need to come first. Right? Those experiences can help us to see that, but die to ourselves, go out of the city. Go out of the city, brothers and sisters. And so Moses goes out of Pharaoh's household and he goes into that wilderness and there he meets God. The burning bush. The great I am. I am who I am. I say this to you. It's better for you and I to be numbered with God's people than to be safe in our own little castles, letting the world pass us by. So here we see that the Lord, he's worked, right? Moses, he has this, this new faith. He goes out into the wilderness. If many of you are familiar with John Piper, and John Piper said this. He compared leaving tin, right? Leaving Pharaoh's household. It's like leaving tin for gold, something that's eh, for a better, more valuable. Substance. 2 Corinthians 4, 17-18 For this slight momentary affliction is preparing us an etern- uh, for an, an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen but to the things that are unseen for the things that are seen are transient but the things that are unseen are eternal look, we don't need as Christians to have a crystal ball to look into the future right? we don't need to go to some I mean, let's face it uh, even, even in this local area, I see them. These uh, spiritists or these people have a sign out there. Come, come talk to me. Pay me money. I'm going to tell you your future. Yeah, You don't need to do that. Right, God knows your entire future. Put your faith in him and trust him. Right? There's a reason. I mean this. There is a reason why God doesn't tell you your entire life from beginning to end. Everything that's going to happen. God is the bearer of all that knowledge. We're not supposed to have that. We're not supposed to know that. Trust God. Trust. See with the eyes of faith that Moses had. I don't know the specifics of my future. I might live to 100 or I might live to 45. I don't know. I'm going to trust you, Lord. I'm going to place my faith in you. Help me to live this day. Not even forget about, forget about tomorrow, the next day, what I'm going to do, what vacation I'm going to take, Worry, worry about, there's enough trouble today right scripture says that there's enough trouble for today god hasn't promised me hundred years nor has he promised me 10 what the lord chooses to give to me lord thank you for the days that i have right I, i've said this before i said this to the, the praise team many times here on a rehearsal i've just said guys i don't know how long we're all going to be up here together I love the fam- that, that family, you know, we're playing music. It's just a great, it's, it's a neat, neat, same thing here. I don't, we never know how long we're all going to be here together, right? I, I, look, I look in this congregation and I, I see the widows of men of God who've gone home to the Lord. You know, and I, I we're not always going to be here. And, and the, this is the family of God. We're not always going to be here But if you place your faith in Jesus Christ, you will be together with the Lord one day in heaven. It's the great thing about this family, okay? It's a great thing. Placing your faith where it actually matters. By faith, Moses led God's people, all right? By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. All right, now remember, this Hebrew writer, he's writing predominantly to Hebrew people so they know the story of the exodus from Egypt. They know what happened. They know how Moses was going to lead the people out of Egypt, right? And who's going to follow after him? Right, Pharaoh and all his army? But before that happens, before that happens, Pharaoh needs to, be, <clears throat> he needs to be motivated to let, them, let my people go, right? And do you remember the last plague? What's the, what's, what's the one that strikes Pharaoh's household and it motivates his heart and he sends them out of Egypt? Go, he says, right? Go. You can see it on his face. You can see that. Go. What is the last one? Death, right? So Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's own son, heir to the throne, right? Pharaoh's own son is taken by the angel of death, but the Hebrews, right, who followed the instructions of Moses and they sprinkled the blood of the unblemished lamb above, uh, above their doorway, right, followed those prescriptions that were given. The angel of death passed over those houses, Right? So the angel would have taken the Hebrew people as well if they didn't follow those specific instructions that were given to them by Moses. They did it. Right? So that's the obedience to the Lord under awful circumstances. They trusted. Think about that. They placed their faith and put some blood over their door and their children were spared. That's a lot of faith in taking a physical action, brothers and sisters. I'm trusting that my child isn't going to die just because I'm putting this blood over my door. Okay, so the the trust isn't in the blood. The trust is in the God, and in God's mouthpiece is Moses, right? Okay, you're telling us to do this? I'm going to believe you, but... And they were spared. God was faithful to them. He was faithful And the children were spared, right? And then uh, Pharaoh says, go. He cannot bear anymore. Pharaoh has seen enough. All the plagues that have killed his people in Egypt, that have tormented his people, the flies, the frogs, the pestilence, all of it, go. And Moses leads the people out. Exodus 12, 1 through 13 The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, "This month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their fathers' houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbor shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. So these are all the the prescriptions. This is how you're going to do it. Okay, this is how you're going to do it so this angel of death passes over. The lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You shall take it from the sheep of the goats or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the 14th day of the month and the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight, right? Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses in which they eat it, right? So they follow, and there's more here, the bitter herbs, and it goes on and on. Verse 13, the blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are, and when I see the blood, I will pass over you and no plague will before you uh, to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. It's God coming right out and saying, this is how it's going to be. Have faith in me. Trust me. Do as I say. I know what's best for you. And if you're in this room and you're a parent and you know telling your children, I know what's best for you. Do what I say. I know what's best for you. I'm just going to mention it because I remember as a kid, I remember my dad, don't go play down by the railroad tracks. I know it's best for you. But dad, I want to put pennies on the railroad tracks. And then as the trains go by, they're going to fire them and they're going to shoot out them. the coolest thing. Don't go play that. But dad, don't go play. Dad, don't. Dad, I want to be like Mary Poppins. I want to get that umbrella, and I'm going to jump off the roof and see what happens. No, son, not a good idea. Dad, I was at, look, I was at this party, and I met this guy, and, you know, I'm 14, and he's, you know, 45. Yeah, no. No. Sorry. Not happening. So, God knows what's best for us. Maybe we can see eye to eye with that. Right? And you know how our children sometimes argue and, no, but I really want something or I think I know what's best. And you as a parent have to say, no. You just don't understand. You just don't understand. I taught Monty a scripture the other day and he, he remembers that. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, of all the things you could, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Right? So here's Moses, and Moses, he gets the, the green light. He's going to take hundreds of thousands of Hebrews out of Egypt. This is the Exodus, all right? The numbers, man, various, 600,000 men, women, and children, not 600,000 warriors, not men, women, and children, and all they're, they're going right out. By faith, God's people will pass through the Red Sea. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as if on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. The people were afraid and cried out that it would be better to serve the the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. So can you see this, right? I, I love this. So here are all these Hebrews. They've been for generations, They have been in captivity in Egypt, okay? They've been enslaved. They were born to slaves who were born from slaves, right? Hundreds of years, 300 years in Egypt, 400 years. So they're in Egypt, and they don't know any different. And here comes uh, God's prophet, Moses, and he says it's time to go. And you know it says the Egyptians they took, off, they took off their jewelry and gave it to them when they're walking out. They're giving them their belongings. Right? And if you read carefully there it looks like there are some others mixed in that group that fled. May not just been Hebrews. There may have been Egyptians walking out with them as well. Leaving. And so they walk out. Right? And Pharaoh he is just bitter and angry but he let them go. But Pharaoh His heart is going to be hardened. And after they leave, Pharaoh changes his mind. And so one last attempt, I'm going to run them down with my armies, with my horses and my chariots, and I'm going to lay waste to the Hebrew people who have been a plague and a thorn in my side and my father's side and his father's side. And I'm going to run them down and I'm going to destroy them. And so Moses leads the people and they're fleeing and they're making their way as far as they can and ultimately they come to the Red Sea. And now here's Moses, right? He's been instructed by God, you're going to bring them out of Egypt. You're going to take them out and he does. But he gets to the Red Sea and now the people, they're grumbling because the army is approaching. Pharaoh's army is approaching. You talk about being caught between a rock and a hard place. It doesn't get any worse than this. Hundreds of thousands of people with no supply lines, no army to defend them. They are out in the open and they come to the Red Sea with no boats. And Pharaoh's army is closing in. And so Moses stands and he sees the Red Sea and he listens to the grumbling of the people. If we stayed in Egypt, this would have never happened to us. At least we were safe. And you know the people are grumbling and they're they're yelling. Moses looks at the army and he looks back at the water and he says, "Be not afraid." And in my own words, he says, "Get ready to see a miracle. Be not afraid." God's going to do something here. And he does. Moses said to the people, fear not. Stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Moses brings them to the Red Sea, and God tells him to raise his hands and God parts the Red Sea. And hundreds of thousands of Hebrews walk as if on dry land. It doesn't say they were sloshing. It says as if on dry land. And in that moment, God brought salvation to the people. This is what we call the first exodus. Okay? I'll come back to that in a minute. They come across, they walk right through. The winds draw the water up into walls of water and hundreds of thousands of people walk right through the Red Sea. But Pharaoh's still coming and Pharaoh pursues. But God is faithful to what he says. And so God delivered. And as Pharaoh's army comes through and attempts to take the same path, after the Hebrews reach the other side, God takes the ocean, uh, the Red Sea, and covers Pharaoh's army and destroys them. See the salvation of the Lord today. I said that was the first Exodus. and Jesus Christ, okay Jesus Christ is our exodus. Jesus Christ is the way for us to leave the bondage of sin, to leave the things of this world that grip us and tie us down and keep us caught in sin, caught in our way, never going beyond. Dead in our sin. You may never lead hundreds of thousands of people to the Red Sea, but every one of us in this room faces challenges every day. And some are greater than others. We've mentioned some before. We talked about Caden and you know, other, other challenges that, that, that we're facing. And I want to ask you this. Do you have that faith? Do you have the faith of Moses' parents when the evil edict came? And they're like, we're not going to follow that. And they took a great risk. Do you have the faith of the Hebrews who smeared the blood over their doorpost when the angel of death was coming? Do you have the faith of Moses when all the people are grumbling, looking across, what are we going to do? Be not afraid. Do you have that faith? The Bible is clear. It's not the amount of faith. It's the presence or the absence of it, right? Jesus said you could have a little mustard seed of faith. It's not how big it is. So I'm going to challenge you this morning, if you're here, and either your, your, your faith, you're not, even, you're not even sure where it is, or you feel like you're losing your faith, or you feel like you're just challenged in so many different ways, I'm challenging you this morning to go back to the living God And ask him to renew you, to refresh you, and to have eyes to see. Eyes to see. Eyes of faith, right? That sight of faith when Moses goes out into the wilderness. He sees the burning bush. I am who I am. So I ask you to bow your heads with me this morning. I want to pray for everyone here. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. Worthy are you, Lord. Lord, I I pray for my brothers and sisters in this room today and for all those visitors, Lord, anyone who's here, I, I just pray, Lord, that you would help us to choose faith over fear. Lord, give us that sight of faith, trusting in you, Jesus Christ, trusting in your word, in your Bible help us to to be in it help us to be in communication with you Lord praying creating that dialogue Lord help us to see that even if we've drifted away we're never too far that you can't pull us back and that there's no one in this room that has done anything too great too awful that they can't be saved. And so, Lord, I pray for believers here who need that refreshing, who need that renewal, that need those those eyes, that sight of faith. And I pray for anyone in this room now who does not have faith in Jesus Christ, for someone who does not believe. I pray, Lord, now that they would call out to you. That they would admit that they've done wrong things. Sin. They've gone against your word. And they want to be forgiven. And I ask you to forgive them, Lord. I, I pray that now. If anyone be in here, that you would call out and ask God to forgive you. I pray, Lord, that they would choose to follow you. Follow your way. That you would be their Lord in following them and that you would save them from their sin as their Savior. Lord, I thank you for this day. I thank you for everyone here. I thank you for my brothers and sisters. I thank you for this wonderful Sunday. Lord, I pray that you would touch everyone here as they go out in faith, Lord. Help us to choose faith in you, Jesus Christ, over fear of anyone and anything else. Lord, bless us. Protect us. Let us all go in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.